are listening to the Andy Zanka Youth Empowerment Program on KDNK Community Radio. This is Brain Garden, a monthly collaboration between ASIAP and my organization, Cangel's Connection. The mission of Brain Garden is to start conversations on topics that our youth are experiencing. Conversations create a dialogue for healing and offer resources for other community members in need. These students are opening their hearts and stories to help facilitate conversations in our community. I'm your host, Janelle Hildebrand, and I'm the founder of Cangel's Connection, Inc., also referred to as the Cangel Connection Foundation. I started Cangel's Connection in 2019 after my son, Kane passed away from an accidental drug overdose on June 20th of 2018 at 24 years old. Cangel's Connection mission is to be the hub of connecting resources to the people in need. I felt alone as a parent of a struggling young man, and I didn't have the resources for myself or for Kane. My website is C-A-I-N-E dot C-A-I-N-E-G-E-L-C-O-N-N-E-C-T-I-O-N dot org. And I have a list of resources that is continuously growing. I became connected with ASYEP through KDNK. And if you're a teen listening and would like to share your story and offer some resources, please contact Janelle Hildebrand at J-E-N-X-T-R-E-M-E-S-K-I at gmail.com. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes to listen to one of our upcoming conversations. Hello and welcome to Brain Garden, and I want to introduce our first guest. Hi, I'm Sequoia Riccio. Um, I'm a senior at Glenwood Springs High School. Um, you know just a little bit about me. Uh, I'm the oldest of four daughters in my household, so I have three younger sisters who I love so much. I love to be outdoors, I love to go hiking, and I love to spend time at the rec center with all of my friends. As a student, I love to be a part of the theater program at Glenwood Springs High School. That's a huge part of me, and that's where I spend a lot of my time. It's a huge place in my heart. You know, I love to go skiing, and I'm just really excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited that you're here as well, and I want to congratulate you from awards night. Thank you. On your accomplishments. And so you like theater. Do you have pets? I do. Um, I have one dog, two cats, and two turtles. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we have a lot at home, and I love them all <laughs> so much. It's it's a little crazy in our household, but it's a good kind of crazy. That's That is, sounds like a lot of love. <laughs> it definitely is, yeah. Um, tell me how we got connected. Um, so a couple months ago, it was kind of, you know, local scholarship season for a bunch of seniors at the high school. And my counselor kind of sat me and a big group of us down and he had a list of scholarships that we could apply for. So I was just, you know, kind of looking through the list, and all of the requirements to kind of see what I qualified for to apply for. And I came across your scholarship <laughs> with the foundation and I, you know, read up on it. And um, one of the things that it talked about on the list was, you know, having an interest in studying mental health in college, which is definitely a huge interest of mine. 
Um, so I thought this was kind of perfect for me. So I applied for the scholarship. I submitted, you know, my application and my essay along with my video. And then you emailed me telling me that I had received a $250 scholarship. So that's kind of how we started our little connection. Yes. So the Cangel Connection Foundation, which is my foundation, which partnered with Andy Zanka Youth Empowerment to create Brain Garden. But that is part of the stipulation is studying mental health. Um, and I was so just so moved by your story. Um, and part of the criteria for Cangel was to write an essay. So I was hoping that you would be open to reading your essay now. Yeah, of course. Um, I changed it up a little ever since I wrote it just to, you know, kind of make it a little better and stronger. But yeah, I can read this essay right now. Okay. When I was a junior in high school, I was extremely isolated and struggling with both anxiety and depression. The first half of my junior year was mostly online due to COVID-19, so the very few friends I had at the time, I hardly got to see. At the time, I struggled with admitting that I wasn't in a good place on a mental and emotional level and never talked to anybody about how I was feeling and what I was going through. Because I was so willing to talk or even acknowledge my feelings, I fell into an even deeper hole of depression and isolation. My coping mechanisms as a result of this included self-harm, unhealthy eating habits, and many more. I not only became addicted to these unhealthy coping mechanisms, but I also became addicted to the feeling of loneliness and isolation. It took me a really long time to admit that what I was doing was unhealthy, and with the help of friends who came forward, I was able to veer away from the unhealthy coping mechanisms before it got too out of hand. From this experience, I've been able to grow, and instead of seeing my struggles with mental health as a burden that will hold me down, I now see it as a reason for me to keep pursuing through the hardest days. My struggles with mental health and unhealthy-slash-harmful coping mechanisms have opened my eyes and are now utilized as the drive and motivation that has gotten me through my senior year. While I'm not 100% sure what I want to major in yet when I go to college, Studying psychology and mental health has been an interest of mine for a very long time, but regardless of what I decide to study in college, I want to be able to make a difference and help those who have either been in the same boat as me or who are not as fortunate as I am. I understand from a firsthand experience the struggles of mental health and unhealthy slash harmful coping mechanisms, and because of that, I am a better person who strives to help anyone in any possible way. And that's the end of my essay. That is a beautiful essay. And it's just such from your heart. And you. I just appreciate you opening up yourself, not just me, but here to, to whoever's listening. Yeah. So thank you. So tell me, with those obstacles, kind of tell me some of the things that you worked on to start overcoming them. Um, I mean, the huge part, like the biggest part was that first step of just, you know, acknowledging that I was not okay and that it's okay to not be okay sometimes. That was a huge thing for me was that I was so convinced that it was just such taboo to just not be okay mentally. And that's kind of like where it started, you know, that snowball of just getting in a deeper, deeper part of just depression and isolation. So the biggest step was just admitting that I wasn't okay and accepting that as well. And um, after that, you know, just reaching out to those who were around me and who loved me, you know, that was including, you know, my parents and my siblings and, you know, my friends. It, that was just such a huge part. And, you know, also reaching out to seek um, professional help as well. That was just such a huge step for me because I 
am not a person who usually asks for help that often. I usually just try to figure it out for myself, whether that be, you know, with mental health or academics. So, you know, just reaching out for that professional help, that was another huge step that honestly has helped me so much in the long run. That is, that is such a great strength. Being able to say it out loud, reach out to your close, your loved ones, your parents, your friends, and, and accept the help that's being given to you. That is, that is such a strength. Um, and I, I commend you for that. Thank and you. you're going to grow from this and grow from this. And hopefully you will be able to share that with, with your peers as you go on to college. Because um, I'm assuming all people have some kind of a struggle and you're going to run <laughs> yeah. into that. So you could be a great asset to other people to say it's okay to ask for help. So that's that's inspiring. I got shivers. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I want you to kind of tell me your top three goals for the next five years. Um, definitely the first one would be, you know, to get through college. You know, it's a huge step and that's a lot of change, you know, like even thinking about it now, you know, within the next month I'll be graduating high school and then a little bit after, you know, I'll be going off to college and, you know, that's going to be a huge change for me. And um, usually I don't really kind of, I don't really do change very well. It kind of freaks me out a little bit. So my obviously number one goal for the next five years is to be able to just enjoy that college experience, you know, to be able to enjoy myself, make new friends, you know, find a lot, um, find a lot about myself Um, which kind of leads to my second goal. I want to be able to grow as a person. You know, I think it's very important to, you know, constantly try to better yourself every single day. So that's what I really want to do. Um, You know, college can be a huge opportunity for self-discovery, and that's one thing that I really would like to utilize while I'm off at college and, you know, become a better person and which kind of leads to my third goal. I want to help other people as well. You know, I really do genuinely enjoy making a connection with people and helping them. Um, and that's, you know, like I said, I'm not 100% sure what I want to study in when I go to college, but I do know that I really do enjoy making a connection with people and helping them. And that is a huge thing that I would really love to make more progress on in the next five years. And you will. You will. No <laughs> doubt you. about it. Um, and you'll get involved with clubs and, you know, organizations, theater, whatever yeah. you love, you're going to get involved with. So I, I'm excited thinking about that for <laughs> you as well. Thank you. Yes. Um, tell me about an obstacle that you've worked really, really hard to overcome and work through. And I know we covered some of that, mm-hmm. but like kind of break it down a little bit, starting with just picking one, the biggest obstacle that you've re- most recently had to just overcome? I think definitely um, a big obstacle that immediately comes to mind is um, my social anxiety. Um, you know, the last three or four years of high school, I've so many times I've let my social anxiety and, you know, just my fear of, you know, getting an anxiety or panic attack in front of people stop me from other opportunities such as joining clubs or, you know, being a part of a certain group. I've let that kind of fear and that small part of me just stop me. 
and prevent me from doing so many amazing things. And this year, I like the beginning, the end of the summer, beginning of my senior year, I told myself, I want to branch out, you know, I want to be part of something. And so I did that. So um, my sophomore and junior year, I was on makeup crew for the musical that the high school does every year, um, which I absolutely loved. And I wanted to go that extra step further. And so at the beginning of the year, my best friend told me that she was going to be the stage manager for the musical and she needed help. So we became co-stage managers. And honestly, for me, that was such a big jump because I went from, you know, being a person who did some actors makeup one or two days for the show to, you know, being there every single day during rehearsals and making a connection with every single one of the actors and the tech people along with the directors as well. And definitely Sequoia a couple years ago would never want to do that. She wouldn't even consider doing it because she would be scared of, you know, having a panic attack and getting those high levels of anxiety. And I definitely did have those moments, but it made it so worth it in the end. And, you know, because of that great experience, it just helped me, you know, learn my love for theater and learn my love for, you know, management and leadership. And it just kind of pushed me to do more. So after that, I helped out with the All Valley Talent Show that happened last weekend, and I absolutely love that as well. So I think that just little step helped me out, and it helped me grow so much in the long run. So actually telling yourself ahead of time, kind of planting that seed and saying, I'm going to branch out. This year is the year I'm going to do it. The heart's pounding, your breath's out of control, and you say, I'm just going to go for it. And then you do it, and you've built your confidence. So as the theater progressed each time, did you just feel more and more confident? Yeah, I mean, I was never the kind of person who like wanted to go out on the stage and perform. That was never me. I was more of a backstage person. But even then, it just helped me grow so much. And I was a little scared at first starting the stage managing Um, But, you know, I was right beside my best friend. All of my other friends and my sister were a part of the cast. So I already had, you know, connections and I was able to make even more connections with the entire cast and everybody else. And it just kind of grew my confidence and I could see it. And, you know, my family could see it as well as the months progressed from the fall when rehearsal started to early March when we had our very last show. I honestly felt like I was a completely different person. I was so much more confident than I was at the beginning of my senior year. And not just with theater, with everything, with my classes, when it came to, you know, college, when it came to just pretty much every single aspect of my life. It just helped me grow my self-confidence so well. And that reflected on everything that I did. And now trying new things won't be as scary because you you already kind of took the first plunge. Exactly. It's helped me a lot. Try a bunch of new things. Um, You know, I'm just thinking of other examples. You know, um, I used to never, you know, try new activities because I was so scared of, you know, not being good my first time of trying an activity, which now that I think about it kind of sounds a little silly, but I would never try new activities because I was just so scared of, you know, not being great and then being around people who were great. And so I would never, 
um, go out and do new activities. And then a couple of months ago, a couple of my friends asked me to go rock climbing with them at the rec center because they had loved rock climbing. And I hadn't been rock climbing in like 13 years. And at first I told them no the first couple of times because I was super scared. And then I finally, you know, agreed to go with them. And I remember the first time I went to the rec center, I had got all my gear on, I was ready, and then I kind of started having a panic attack because it was, you know, back to like, I'm not going to be good at this, they're going to judge me. Um, But then I had to remind myself, you know, these are my friends, these are really great people that I surround myself with. And that was a couple months ago, and now I'm constantly going up to my friends being like, guys, when are we going to go rock climb again? Because I love it now. So it's just, it's helped me so much in the long run. That's an inspiration for so so many other people. Um, you're not alone. I think a lot of people, even including adults, have that anxiety of being around somebody that, you said that so well, somebody that's already really good at something. You're coming in new, um, and there's a lot of people like that. So that is just a great example, not only for yourself, but for other people to show them that, hey, if I can do this, Give it a try. You don't have to be good at it. <laughs> exactly. It, it built your confidence. And I love that. Um, what do you think is one of your strengths now, now kind of moving forward? I definitely would say, you know, I really like to think out of the box when it comes to, you know, certain projects or ideas, you know, and I think, you know, just like going back to that confidence thing, like that has really helped me grow so much. Um, but that's what I like to do. I like to think um, about certain things from a different angle uh, or a different perspective um, to get the best outcome of something. So when it comes to, you know, certain projects or like my caps, my senior capstone, like, you know, doing something different or during applications or writing essays, you know, just looking at things from a certain angle or, or a certain perspective, usually different than what most people would look at it just to get the best outcome. That's something that I really strive to do and I actually really enjoy to do. And I do consider that one of my bigger strengths. Having a different perspective. Yeah. That is a strength. That is. So with your capstone, I'm curious. <laughs> I'd love for you to kind of tell me what your capstone was on. So my capstone, I'm like still kind of finishing it up right now just because I got really busy with the show and everything. But I took about, I think it's about eight students from around the high school. And I interviewed them all about anxiety. And I asked them, you know, how anxiety affected their life. You know, how was their experience? Because I really wanted to show the student body and, you know, just anyone who really sees this project that anxiety is just not one simple defined thing. Anxiety is different for everybody. Um, Just to kind of help those people who are experiencing anxiety for the very first time and they don't really know what's kind of going on with them because I remember when I first started started experiencing anxiety when I was in about eighth grade I was so scared I had no clue what was going on with me I thought something was wrong with me and I thought I was like the only person in the world who was struggling with this so that's the whole basis of my project was you know showing people that Anxiety is just not one simple defined thing. It's a whole 
span of things. So what I did was I've been interviewing these volunteers and while interviewing them, I've been we've I've been taking photos as well because I love photography so much. I have my own digital camera at home. I'm in a photography class at the high school. I love photography so much. I think it's a beautiful form of art. So I use photography to incorporate it during the interview. So while I'm conducting this interview and conversation with these volunteers, I'm also taking pictures at the exact same time. And I think I'm planning on presenting to a class. Uh, my photography class next week, I think. And during the presentation, I'll be choosing one photo from each interview and I'll be taking bits and pieces and quotes from the interview to kind of show students how wide of a variety anxiety is to kind of, you know, show them that if you're feeling like this, you're not alone and there's nothing wrong with you. There's not. Break it down a little bit on the anxiety. So now kind of that you are familiar with what those what that feels like when you start mm-hmm. to feel an anxiety attack. Is there a trigger? Are you noticing a trigger or something that's provoking it? Or does it just kind of hit you? And then what do you do once you start to have an anxiety? Are there is there a certain thing that you like to do? Or is there like a process that you work through that? For me personally, um, you know, what kind of, you know, triggers the anxiety and gets those levels to spike it can be sometimes you know being in big crowds I'll kind of get a little overstimulated and then you know my anxiety levels will spike Um, but sometimes you know it's just completely random you know I'll be having you know a great time with my friends I'll be you know in the middle of class I'll be you know on a date with my boyfriend or something and then all of a sudden it just kind of hits me and it's super random you know so it's kind of all over the board for me personally um when it comes to you know actually you know when the anxiety levels get super high or if I'm having an anxiety attack things that definitely help me is um I like to it's this thing that I kind of learned about one or two years ago when I started you know talking to a counselor for anxiety it was I you know, I kind of calm myself down as much as I can. And I name, you know, five things I can see, four things I can touch, three things I can hear, two things I can smell and one thing I can taste. And that kind of grounds me and it helps me kind of, you know, get on that level. Um, Also, you know, just kind of fidgeting a lot. So I wear a lot of bracelets and I wear a lot of rings all the time. So in case I feel my anxiety levels get really high, sometimes I'll play with my bracelets or I'll move my rings around and it kind of distracts my brain a little bit because there's only so many things that your brain can focus on. So I try my absolute best to focus on other things, um, other things that calm me as well um, to kind of get my brain away from, you know, that panic mode that really helps me. I think that's, that's brilliant. And I've heard the notice, at least the notice, the, you know, 10 things in the room, like yep. the wall is white or that, oh, there's light shining through the window. So it does, yeah. it's a distraction. Yeah. Um, so I think that's great advice to, to put out there for those, um, just so they can kind of have a tip, mm-hmm. you know, of what to do if they're feeling that way. Yeah, there's so many things that you can do to help you. Uh, another thing that I, I like to think of is um, I have, I can't remember what my counselor and I called it, but it's kind of like a safe place for me. It's kind of like an image and a place that I have set in my mind that I think of if I ever freak out. So for me, it's kind of 
it's just a really quiet forest, you know, with like a creek and everything. I love the color green, so that's really calming for me, you know. Sometimes if I get super stressed, you know, that stress can turn into anxiety. I kind of just stop what I'm doing for a second. If it's in class, sometimes I'll ask the teacher to kind of, if I can go on a walk around the school and I kind of just, you know, sometimes I even close my eyes, but I just kind of think of that safe place for me and it really just helps bring me back to reality and it helps ground me. And that's a very useful tip as well. It is. Does it take a while to get grounded or is it pretty quick? Um, it kind of just depends on the severity of the anxiety. You know, sometimes it's just a little anxiety spike. Um, that usually can happen, you know, when I'm hanging out with a big group of people and I'm getting a little overstimulated. Um, but if it's like, you know, a really big panic attack, um, sometimes it can take a little longer and it, you know, just depends on the kind of mindset I'm in, you know, if I'm tired or if I'm like, not having a good day, usually it'll take me a little bit longer, but sometimes it can take like a minute. Other times it can take like 15 to 20. Okay, so what message do you have to share with other kids in difficult situations or in a similar situation? I think the first thing that definitely comes to mind is that you're not alone you are not, you know, the only person who's going through this. And, you know, it may seem like the entire world is ending and that it's never going to get better and it's only going to get worse from here. Um, Because believe me, that's what I thought, you know, in the height of, you know, my in like my worst couple of weeks. Um, And I guarantee you, like, it does get better. It may take a little longer than you're hoping for or expecting for but it does eventually get better and there are people who you can go to there are places you can reach out to methods you can even do to help you get back on that track of feeling content and happy again so that will lead me into the resources so tell me the resource that you came with today that really helped you the resource that i came with is mountain family health A couple years ago when I was really struggling with my anxiety and depression and I, you know, finally acknowledged that, you know, maybe I needed some professional help, I started talking to a counselor who was with Mountain Family Health. Um, I also have a family friend who works with them as well. And I mean, they are absolutely amazing when it comes to counselors and psychiatrists. I've I have nothing but good things to say about them. They're so amazing. Everybody is so nice and they've really helped me so much when it comes to my road on improving with my mental health. It's, they're amazing. Well, I'm definitely going to spotlight them on the Cangel Connection Foundation and here on ASYAP as well. <laughs> um, I have heard nothing but wonderful things about their services as well. And we're so thankful and lucky to have them in our community. Oh yeah, of course. Well, I want to thank the listeners for tuning in today. I want to thank you, Sequoia, for opening your story, your personal journey with us. I want to thank Andy Zink, a youth empowerment program, for providing the platform, and Katie and Kay. Um, is there any other message you have for the listeners? Um, well, first off, thank you so much for having me here today. I love this opportunity. It's just so amazing. So thank you for that. Um, you know, for listeners, just, you know, remember that you're not alone there are people all around to help you. And yeah, that's really all that I have. Just thank you so much for having me here. We're honored to have you. It's such a pleasure to know you. And 
again, I can't thank Andy Zanka Youth Empowerment Program enough. And if you like what you're hearing, the fourth Wednesday of every month at 4 p.m., The Brain Garden will be aired.